T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets have acquired... Mike Piazza from the Florida Marlins. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Okay, programming alert. When I opened the show, I told you that Connor Hughes would be joining us. At 10 o'clock to talk about Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, the Jets quarterback situation. I know before we went to break, I said we've got a ton of calls for baseball and that we'd be doing that to start this hour. But no, Connor Hughes is available. So we will go right to Connor Hughes right now. Welcome him in. Hello, Connor. I'm doing well, man. What's up, dude? My bad, bro. I just had a bunch of calls. We had Tony Page. I'm in here watching the Islanders. I'm in here watching the... NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, and I know we reached out to you earlier. I saw your video talking about Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers, and I figure there's nobody better to have the conversation with than you, and we've been talking Aaron Rodgers for weeks now. Obviously, Derek Carr is visiting the Jets. So uh, my first question for you is, what are you expecting out of this visit? We know that Derek Carr met with the Saints, and uh, a lot of people were thinking that they potentially would trade for him. Next thing you know, that doesn't happen. The Raiders release him. And uh, now he's heading to Florham Park to see the Jets. What are you expecting to happen this weekend, and what are you expecting to come from this? Yeah, look, I mean, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious at this point that the number one quarterback on the Jets' wish list is Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, he's the guy that they want. He's the one that's atop their list. He's the one that they believe can make them a Super Bowl contender. But the thing about Aaron Rodgers is that there is a lot more at play here uh, and a lot more variables than maybe there are with other players. And what I mean by that is that no one really knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking right now, right? I mean, there's a chance, and I've talked to people in Green Bay that believe that he's going to come back and want to continue to be the Packers quarterback. There's other people that believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to want to go to the Oakland Raiders. There's some that believe he'll want to play for the Jets, and there's others that believe he's going to go off into retirement. So right now he's in this darkness retreat. And until he comes out of the darkness retreat and tells the Packers exactly what he wants and the Packers are willing to do uh, or do for him whatever it is that he wants, well, everyone's kind of in a holding pattern. And if you're the Jets, Aaron Rodgers is going to remain your top target and the guy that you want. However, he's not somebody that you can just sit there and wait and wait and wait and put all of your eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket. Because if he comes out of this and says, you know what, I've had a hell of a career, I've got my Super Bowl ring, I'm just going to retire – well, the Jets can't be caught with their pants down. The same as if he says, I want to go play for the Raiders. And suddenly the Jets are like, well, what do we do now? So 
What they're doing is, is I think they're still hoping that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback week one. But if he's not, they're going to have plans in place and contingency plans in place to make sure that they can take care of their quarterback position, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or whether it's not Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at the entire quarterbacking landscape, I don't know if there is a better consolation prize, assuming Lamar Jackson is staying in Baltimore than Derek Carr. You're talking about a guy who is a four-time Pro Bowler, four times over 4,000 yards passing, four times over 24-plus touchdown passes, uh, a guy who's had a quarterback rating above 86 every year of his career but his rookie year, including two seasons, with the 100 quarterback rating. He is a legitimate franchise quarterback. Even if he's not a top-five quarterback, he's still top ten, and he would give the Jets uh, probably their most productive quarterback that they've seen, certainly in recent memory. So they're bringing him in the building. They're going to get a look at him. They're going to get a chance to talk to him. Uh, and certainly they're going to get a chance to, to set some things up where if Aaron Rodgers doesn't happen, the Jets are prepared to immediately go uh, to the consolation prize to make sure they're still in a situation, uh, still in a situation where their quarterback position is A-OK going into next year. Yeah, I can't even look at Derek Carr as a consolation prize. I think the Jets have to be proactive here, right? When I when I think of Derek Carr, if he wants to come east and play here, you know, obviously he's coming here to visit. There's a ton of people that are talking about him not being a cold weather quarterback. I don't really subscribe to that too much. I know he's you know coming out of Fresno State, played in Oakland, played in Vegas, but like it's it's not like it's freezing cold the entire season. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll figure it out. He's played in cold weather, and then there's other people talking about his personality. And the fact that he doesn't curse, he's a family guy. Like, I think that's good. I think that's what you need. I think that's a guy that'll come in and fit in your locker room versus Aaron Rodgers, who I guess the Packers are throwing dirt on his name. We heard today that they're disgusted with Rodgers. They're done with Rodgers, that he came in, um, you know, not in great shape. Obviously, we've heard his own grumblings about his rookie wide receivers and uh, not necessarily having the rapport with them. I've been saying all week, this is a guy that already is looking for isolation. He's not going to be isolated here in New York. This is a guy who talks about how, oh, the media doesn't know anything about me. Uh, you know, they're not in my inner circle. And this is New York. It's the media capital of the world. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not going to want to answer your questions, Connor. What are you feeling about uh, this you know, Like now shifting from Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers? I still feel like Aaron Rodgers is obviously 1A because of his resume and who he is. But I can't consider, uh, you know, Derek Carr, consolation or a number two, he's 1B. And they got to be proactive. If Derek Carr wants to sign with the Jets and come here, then go ahead and make that move, and then you can start setting up other moves, and you can get Garrett Wilson introduced to this guy. Like You can get rolling with Nathaniel Hackett and Todd Downing and start moving in the right direction sooner rather than later. And like you use the term, getting caught with your pants down, Like they can't wait on a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He's flammable. You don't know what he's going to do. You don't know what he's going to say. You don't know what he's going to feel. And he may want to just go to Vegas. I think coming out of the darkness, it just is already lining up for him to go to the black hole and put on that black jersey and play for the Raiders. I like that. I like that. That's good. Um, but now, look, here's here's the tricky thing, man, is is that when the Jets went back and, and they evaluated their season and, and they evaluated the state of their roster, uh, what what they saw was a team that was a quarterback away, not from the playoffs because that was obvious, but they were a quarterback away from legitimately competing within the AFC. They believed that if you put a quarterback on their roster, a competent quarterback on their roster, this was a team that could have gone toe-to-toe with the Bengals, toe-to-toe with the Chiefs, with the Bills, with the Dolphins, with any of the teams that made the playoffs in the AFC. And 
when they then said, okay, that, that's the current state of our roster. We've got playmakers on, at receiver, playmakers at running back, an elite-level championship-level defense, good coaching. Okay, we just need the quarterback. Who are our quarterbacks out there? Well, they basically make a tier system as far as, okay, these are the quarterbacks where if we get them, we are a legitimate bona fide Super Bowl contender. And then you go to the next tier where we're a legitimate contender within the AFC. And then you go to the tier below that. And I think the Super Bowl contending quarterbacks, you're looking at guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Lamar Jackson, guys like Matt Stafford. And then you go to that second tier. And, and the very, very top of that second tier is somebody like Derek Carr. And, and the unfortunate thing for the Jets is you look at this and you say, yeah, well, everything you mentioned about Aaron Rodgers, it's completely legitimate. Uh, it's completely something that, that's warranted. And the concerns there are very, very real. Obviously, he's older. He's coming off one of the worst seasons of his career. Uh, the, the Jets and I think any team, can look at it and maybe potentially blame that that thumb injury that he suffered against the Giants as reason for some of his struggles. But you look at this and you say, look, I mean, if, if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Jets, they are a Super Bowl team, a bona fide, no doubt, Super Bowl contender. So do you wait for that? Do you wait for the quarterback that you believe is the bona fide, no doubt, going to make us a Super Bowl contender? Or do you go for the quarterback that you can get right now? And, and I think that Derek Carr – while a very, very good quarterback, while a legitimate franchise quarterback, he is a tier below Aaron Rodgers. And and you mentioned the cold weather. I think that is uh, something the Jets are going to need to take into consideration. What is he? He's like 0-7 or 1-6, or something like that, in, in weather under 30 degrees. And look, I mean, obviously New York is a cold weather place. If you go into the playoffs in the AFC, there's a very good chance you're going to have to see either New England or Buffalo or Kansas City at some point. All of those teams, obviously, cold-weather football teams. Uh, but the same personality things of, of meshing in New York that you were talking about with Aaron Rodgers, they're there with Derek Carr as well. And, and not the non-cursing thing, not the religion thing, not the family thing, just how will somebody with his personality mesh in a New York environment, a, uh, a New York ecosystem where if there is not immediate success, if this is not a team that immediately jumps out of the gate hot, it is going to be fire and brimstone, and it's going to be a coach and a GM that are on the hot seat and an offensive coordinator that's on the hot seat and a team that is, oh, no, here we go again. It's the same old Jets. Is that something that Derek Carr wants to get himself involved in when the alternatives for Derek Carr are maybe less media landscape, less hype with the fan base, something that's going to be a little bit more easy, a slower landing or an easier landing for him to cruise in there uh, and, and eventually, obviously, get to a point where, where he's not maybe facing the same criticism that he doesn't necessarily handle all that well. And this visit that the Jets are going to have with him, I think it's a big way for New York to talk to him and get to know him and, and, and speak to him a little bit to understand would Derek Carr's personality fit into New York. And if they do check all of those boxes and they come out of there saying, you know what, this guy is the perfect style player that we want. He's the perfect style person we want. He's the perfect style player. And, and culture and environment guy that's going to just work in this city with this team, well, that's when I think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are going to have to have a discussion with each other because at the end of the day, Derek Carr is available right now. So maybe he is a tick or two below Aaron Rodgers, but he is available now. He's a player you know you can have now. When it goes to Aaron Rodgers, you don't know if he's going to be available. Will he be somebody that is going to want to go to Oak or Oakland, Las Vegas? I don't know. Is he going to want to go to the Jets? I don't know. Is he going to want to retire? I don't know. Back to Green Bay? I don't know. No one knows because no one can get into Aaron Rodgers' head. So the Jets have to play that game of is it worth waiting to see what the better player wants or go with the guy that you know you can have right now? 
Yeah, see, now you got me thinking. I'm kind of changing my mind on this because I have a thought that, like, you know, Derek Carr's 31. He's younger. This could be a longer play. But it's not really a longer play for Rob Sala. It's it's a one-year yeah. play. It's a you need the yeah. best quarterback you can have for this next year. You might not even be here. Here's a question before we let you go. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers emerging from the darkness and with uh, Derek Carr having his visit to New Jersey – it should time up where, like, the visit is done and then Aaron Rodgers resurfaces Tuesday on Pat McAfee. And, like, <laughs> it should time up where, like, you won't have to pull the trigger on one before the other. What do you what do you think about the timing with all of that? Uh, I will say that the Jets have enough connections to the Packers where I, I, I think it, it will – they'll have better insight into this than maybe some other teams. I mean uh, – Matt LaFleur and, and Robert Sala are ridiculously close. I mean, I think it was Matt was, was the best man at, at Robert's wedding, or, or maybe it was the reverse. I mean, those guys have basically grown up. They, they love each other. I mean, they're, they're best friends. So uh, I'm sure that's a connection they can dive into. Obviously, we know Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers are BFFs, so they're going to have the, the connection there as well. So, I mean, th- there are certainly enough connections where as soon as Aaron Rodgers lets the Packers know what he's thinking about, and I'm sure Aaron Rodgers lets Hackett know what he's thinking about. The Jets are going to have a good idea on whether or not they can pursue him or whether or not they can go out and get him. The, the thing that I think that the, the tricky part for the Jets here is going to be towing the line of while you're uh, hosting and whining and dining Derek Carr, you don't necessarily want Derek Carr to come out of here feeling like he is the consolation prize, right? I mean, no one wants to be the number two. No one wants to be the the backup option. I mean, Carr wants to go to a place that views him as their top priority, as the guy that they want above all. And and I think that's the, the tough thing that the Jets are playing because, I mean, everyone and their uncle knows right now that their top guy is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the guy that they believe is going to make them a Super Bowl contender. But if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, well, yeah, then they want Derek Carr. And, and that makes sense for fans. That makes sense for the Jets. But if you're Derek Carr, do you really want to go into that situation? So it's tricky. I, I, I don't think it's simple. It's certainly a little muddy. Uh, but but you're right. The, the timing of this, at least, should uh, stack up well. The only thing, again, that I go through, and I've, I've talked to a number of people about this today, is that no one exactly knows what Aaron Rodgers is thinking. And, and Aaron Rodgers loves having his name in the news, and it wouldn't surprise me or a number of other people if Aaron Rodgers drags this on a little bit further. And if he does start dragging this on, well, that's going to make things complicated for the Jets. It's going to make things complicated for the Raiders. It's going to make things complicated for Derek Carr, and it's going to make things complicated for the Packers. <laughs> Shake my head, man. The Jets fans got to worry in the off season and in the regular yeah. season. Like this is tough. Like this next week is going to be interesting. This could get real tricky. But I'm I'm sticking with it's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers until it's not. He's one A. Derek Carr is one B. And I guess we'll know in a week or so yeah, a little bit more on that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think that's I think that's fair to say. Uh, and that's certainly been the feel this entire time. Is is I, I think the you know what's funny, Keith, is that you know you, I I always sit back there and I think like can I can I picture. Aaron Rodgers in a Jets uniform and and the obvious I mean the honest answer to this is is no I mean I, I can't see Aaron Rodgers in, in a Jets what uniform. about a Raiders uniform yeah yeah it's the same thing right but but then you you think about this and it's if Aaron Rodgers does not want to play for the Packers and he does not want to retire and he wants to continue his NFL career well honestly I, I don't think there is a better opportunity for him than the Jets because they need to fix up that offensive line. But I think the offensive line is actually in a better situation than some people think. They just got ravaged by injuries last year. 
the offensive line is going to be better. They've got a good running unit. They've got a great receiving unit. They can add to it because they're going to free up money with some uh, financial, like they're going to make some cuts. They're going to free up some financial moves with contract restructures. And then they have a championship-level defense. they got his best friend as the offensive coordinator. I mean, they have created an environment that is perfect for Aaron Rodgers to go to. So if Rodgers is not retired or he's not with the Packers, the Jets are the only team that I can see him possibly playing for because it just makes too, too much sense. They will give him, aside from Green Bay, the best chance to win. It's just a matter of does Aaron Rodgers want to continue playing and does he want to start his career somewhere now? And does he want to follow Brett Favre and one-up him again? I think he might. Yep. He might. You're right. That's a good point. Connor, thanks for the time, bro. I appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Connor Hughes, he's the man. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Chargers and the New York Giants have exchanged their draft picks. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Eli Manning and Philip Rivers. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. And we're back. I feel like that was a long break. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know, Paulie. (laughs) Because I went outside, moved my car, went to the bathroom, Looked at the vending machine. I was like, oh, they restocked the vending machine. There's some Cool Ranch Doritos again. There's the uh, sour cream and cheddar ruffles again. I was about to go for it, and I was like, nah, just wait to eat when I get off and I go home. Instead of uh, swiping my card in here for a ten to get a <laughs> snack-sized bag of chips. But anyway, back to the show. Uh, Keith McPherson on the fan. Taking your calls, talking sports. We just had Connor Hughes on to give us more insight into uh, the Jets quarterback situation. Derek Carr will be visiting the Jets this weekend, and we'll see what happens. Um, It's Aaron Rodgers until it's not, in my opinion. And then when it's not, you hope that Derek Carr is still available. And if you miss out on both of them, then you start uh, sliding into a different tier of quarterbacks or just hoping you can trade for uh, a quarterback like a Lamar Jackson, but no, right now focus has got to be on Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr until it's not either one of them. So we will take calls on that with the Jets fans. But before I brought Connor Hughes in, I said there was a bunch of folks online that wanted to talk baseball uh, update. The Rangers did score again. So it was four one. Now it's four two. Maybe the Rangers can mount a comeback and uh, let's go back to the phones Let's talk to my guy Seymour in Hudson Valley. What's up, man? Yo, yo, Mister. Tell me something cool. How's it going? Hey, 
Uh, it's uh, it's going, bro. Uh, it's funny. I was asked, I was asking today about tell me something cool. I didn't get any answers on it, but I'm looking forward to uh, doing it again this season if John and Susan will have me. And uh, it was you know it was my first year doing it. Last year was something we came up with. I have ways that I want to kind of perfect it and work work on it and make it cooler this year. So looking forward to getting back in the season. You should get a sponsor, like a Klondike ice cream bar or something. See, Maybe that would be pretty cool. You, you're, you're, you're thinking like I'm thinking. I asked, like, who's sponsoring it? <laughs> Last year, my university came in, and uh, they they bought out the ad where I was reading, like, you know, Mom at the University and uh, had that tag on it. I don't know if they're going to do that again, but we'll find out soon. So, speaking of sponsors, what do you think about the new sponsorships on these jerseys now in the MLB? <laughs> uh, it's, it was inevitable, right? It was only a matter of time. I saw the Houston Astros have like that big Oxy logo uh, yeah. on their jersey. It's only a matter of time, but I don't expect to see the Yankees do that, right? Uh, I don't expect the Yankees to be trying to get that quick money grab off a, uh, you know, like what are they going to put? Delta, Bank of America, JBL, <laughs> Oris, maybe? I don't know. All those. All those billboards you see in the stadium, WB Mason, like one of them will be uh, <laughs> will be the next Yankees logo or the first Yankees logo on a jersey. But people bugged out about the Nike swoosh over the pinstripe, so I don't expect to see the Yankees slap a brand logo on their jersey anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I remember going to the stadium too and seeing like the WFAN logo on there and the Odyssey app and seeing you and Al Carton, Evan Roberts, and all that, you know. Um, yeah, but, they should yeah, put WFAN cool. logo on the Yankees jersey. I'm sure that'll go over well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so getting to uh, uh, why I'm calling today. So I think about uh, Clayton Kershaw coming out of the rotation. I know Nestor Cortez had to do it too due to injuries, what they're saying. But obviously it, there's got to be some other speculation to it. I understand that these teams want to make sure that their starting pitchers want to be healthy to start the season. But uh, who do you think would be, like, a good replacement? I'm thinking, like, maybe Zach Wheeler, uh, Hunter Green, uh, Tristan McKenzie. The list goes on. But I want to know who they're going to replace. It's tough. It gets tricky. I had this in my notes, and I'll go through the starting pitchers for the U.S. in the World Baseball Classic that we have right now. But, you know, it's twofold. You have to have a player that wants to do it and an organization that wants to let a player do it. And most likely that has to be a guy that's, like, you know, not in a contract year or doesn't have injury history or isn't on a necessarily like like a contender. I think Kyle Freeland was the guy that replaced Nestor Cortez. I'm not sure if they named a replacement yet for um, Clayton Kershaw, but here's the list that I have for the starting pitchers representing the United States. It's Adam Wainwright, Brady Singer, Kyle Freeland, who I just mentioned, Lance Lynn, Merrill Kelly, Miles Michaelis and Nick Martinez, they're probably getting rocked. Like, if you look at the uh, Dominican Republic, uh, the DR lineup, and the pitchers that they have, there, I, I think DR is going to win. Yep, top to bottom. They, they even got a, our guy Starling Marte in there, too. Yeah, he's washed, but, I mean, I bet you he plays good in the World <laughs> Baseball Classic. Nah, man, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, baseball season twenty. Oh no, you said Starling Marte. I'm thinking of Starling Castro. Marte isn't washed. He's just <laughs> he's just got to be healthy. I, I don't mean to disrespect Starling Marte. He should have been a Yankee, but they said he was too old. That's why you guys got that hole in left field, right? <laughs> yeah, and they went with Aaron Hicks in center field instead. Had to trade Jordan Montgomery to get Harrison Bader, but that's a whole different story. Hey man, that's what you get when you spend tens of millions of dollars, not even hundreds of millions of dollars on Aaron Hicks. Like, geez. 
Uh, I don't know. I think I think his contract was at the time. I thought it was fine. Uh, him and Seve got contracts around the same time, and I'm like, oh, seven years, seventy million for a guy at the time that was looking like one of the top five center fielders in baseball, or at least in the American League. And uh, yeah, that's a waste of money now, and we can't get rid of the guy now. And I think that they're ready to put him in left field, and we'll see how that goes. Um, hey, man. Can I read off? Can I read off some of the names on the Dominican Republic roster for people that might not be familiar? While I have you, and we're talking World Baseball Classic, it starts starts March eighth. It's coming up soon. So position players for the DR include Willie Adamas, Robinson Cano, Nelson Cruz, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco. Vladdy Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Manny Machado, we'll talk Manny Machado later too, Cattell Marte, Francisco Mejia, Jeremy Pena, Julio Rodriguez, Gary Sanchez, Gene Segura, and Juan Soto. There's no wow. way that they lose. There's no way. There's no way that they lose. And then their pitchers, I, I'll just tell you, they have Sandy Alcantara. They have uh, Diego Castillo. They have Johnny Cueto. They have Luis Garcia, Jaime Garcia, Christian Javier, Rafael Montero, Hector Neris. Like, they've got more than enough arms compared to what the United States has right now. And I, just, that just sparked something. I'm like, I'm definitely betting on them as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as I can put bets <laughs> on the Dominican Republic and the World Baseball Classic. I'm betting on those guys. Yeah, I see that they're favorite too as well. But anyways, Keith, thank you for taking my call. Uh, as always, a pleasure listening to your show. And you enjoy the rest of your weekend now. I'll see you at the ballpark soon, man. Thanks for the call. Yeah, this World Baseball Classic, it's interesting. I remember when it started to emerge, and I'm thinking about baseball as an American pastime, an American export. And um, I think about, like, Little League, the Little League World Series, how the Japanese are always good. And there's always these other international countries that rise up and they knock off the Americans. And... Now, in the World Baseball Classic, the United States has been good. The United States has won. Uh, but, you know, this year, I just, I don't know. I don't think they're winning. There's there's young guys playing for the D, for DR. There's older guys playing for the DR. They've got a good mix of talent. I think Puerto Rico could challenge, too. Uh, but now we're walking into this World Baseball Classic that I believe was pushed back a year because of the pandemic. Um, I'm definitely going to watch. There will be some games here, I think, in Miami and San Diego. I'm uh, definitely going to get more information on it as we get close to it. It's cool. It's it's an extra little thing, and it grows the game. And we're talking about the world, right? The World Baseball Classic. There are a bunch of different countries and, uh, you know, some major league players playing for different countries. But for the most part, our guys are playing for United States and Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. And uh, I, I'm excited to see it. I think it's cool. So I'll give you a couple, you know, more nuggets and, and different things. Um, on the 10th, Major League Baseball put out a tweet that says, you've seen the rosters. What players are you excited to rep? And uh, they put out the pools. So there's pool A, B, C, D. And then they highlight some of the players that are playing in different countries. Bear with me. Uh, I know some people might not care about baseball or World Baseball Classic, but I do. So Xander Bogarts will represent the Netherlands in pool A. Luis Robert will represent Cuba. Uh... David Fletcher will represent Italy in pool in pool B. You've got Hassan Kim representing South Korea, Shohei Otani representing Japan, uh, Aaron Aaron Whitefield representing Australia. 
in, and I should give you the the con- complete pool, but I'm not putting names out there that you won't know. In Pool B, you have Australia, South Korea, Japan, China, and the Czech Republic. In Pool A, you have Chinese Taipei, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, Panama. In Pool C, you have the United States, Mexico, Colombia, Canada, Great Britain, and representing those teams, arguably the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, representing the U.S., Julio Urias, representing Mexico, Gio Urshela, representing Colombia, Freddie Freeman, playing for Canada, Trace Thompson, representing Great Britain. In Pool D, you have Israel, Nicaragua, Venezuela, the Dominican Republic, and Puerto Rico. You got Jock Peterson representing Israel, Jonathan Loizaga representing Nicaragua, Jose Altuve representing Venezuela, Manny Machado representing the Dominican Republic, and Francisco Lindor representing Puerto Rico. Pool D is a good-looking pool just off of the, the graphic. That's got the most like recognizable players in the graphic. So World Baseball Classic coming up. If nobody else talks about it on the fan, I guarantee you I will. Let's keep talking to the fans that call the fan. We're talking baseball. Let's keep it rolling. Avery is in Fort Lauderdale. Avery, you're on the fan. What's up, man? Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm great. Having a good time. Enjoying my Friday. It is super windy and cold outside. I'm not looking forward uh, to going back out there. Well, I called you back when I was back in New York just a couple of weeks ago. How you been? Pretty much the same, man. Just uh, you know, yeah. pushing forward. Football's over. I just I want to get to baseball. I can't stop thinking about yeah. baseball because oh. you know all the speculation, whatever. I, I let the games begin. I just need real games that matter, and I want to see the rule changes and and everything else that's going to come this season. All right. Well, I'm here with my very excited uncle. Who wants to ask you about the? We want to talk about the pitching rotation for the Yankees coming up this season. Yeah, so what's up, turn... Unc? What's his name? Kenneth. Kenny. Uncle Ken, what's up, <laughs> man? I can tell you, I'm actually, I'm start to. I'm very happy. No more football for now. So yeah, well, fine, with... fine with no football. We're closer to Yankees baseball. baseball. Uh, less than ten days wait. until the first spring training game. Yeah, wait. I'll be going to come down here, too, so when I'm down here. Um, anyway, I wanted to say, what do you think you're going to do about pitching rotation this year? With Montes and injuries, yeah. So I've, you I've, know, I'll tell you, it's like when Jeter slipped on the ice. That's what I've been saying. No. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> what, <laughs> I don't I, – all right, so I can't put Frankie Montas in the same sentence with Derek Jeter because his importance to the team oh, is so much greater, and I will always remember Derek Jeter handing Frankie Montas the ball on his uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony night, and then Frankie Montas got no help from Aaron Hicks, and that game was terrible. And um, Frankie Montas was a guy that Brian Cashman traded for to be a number two. He traded for this guy thinking that he would help the Yankees in the postseason, that he would help out Garrett Cole, that he could literally be the number two starting pitcher for the New York Yankees. And that didn't really happen. He didn't have a great time at the end of the season, and then his postseason was (laughs) one and done. One inning, one homer, out of here. So going into this season, he's the fifth starter, and we lose him. And there's blame to go around, Cashman for the L trade, the Yankees medical staff for not coming up with this surgery sooner. We're still waiting for that surgery to happen. It's February 21st, so in my opinion, he's done. Frankie the Yankee, no more. So who fills in for him? It's the fifth That's spot. That's the question. It's, it's the fifth it's spot, though, right? It's the fifth spot, though. So let's remind folks that Garrett Cole is much better than people are giving him credit for. I think I saw some standings today of the top 100 players in baseball, and, again, they've disrespected Garrett Cole. So I'm hoping he's got 
a little chip on his shoulder, a battery in his back, one, to not give up 33 homers again, uh, two, right. to build off of what he did in the postseason, and three, to remind people, hey, I'm a $36 million a year ace, and uh, I'm the ace of this staff. So you've got Garrett Cole, one. You've got Carlos Rodon, two. We got to look at him today down in spring training. Uh, Yankees fans, you know, on Yankees Twitter, they overhype everything. Jose Trevino took him deep, and people are already like, oh, no, was this a bad signing? No, it wasn't a bad signing. That's a left-handed bulldog that the Yankees are going to be able to depend on. Can't wait to see him pitch this year. Then you've got Nestor Cortez, who was an all-star last year, made him some money last year, uh, made himself some money last year. And he went from, you know, making the hundreds of thousands, $800,000 to $3.2 million now. And Nestor's not going to participate in the World Baseball Classic. He's looking to build on what he did last year. He's an underdog. He's used to people telling him what he can't do. He's going to show up and prove that he can do it again. And then Luis Severino. Severino's in a contract year. Severino is homegrown. Severino's got something to prove. He's probably a little pissed off that he's not going to be able to join the stacked Dominican Republic team. But those four guys are going to be good to go. I don't care if it's Domingo Herman or Clark Schmidt. I would vote for Domingo Herman to be the fifth starter because in 2019, this guy won, what, 20 games, 19 games for the Yankees. He was looking like the ace of the staff before he made a mistake at uh, CeCe Sabathia's dinner, and then he wasn't allowed to continue the season. He got suspended. So for Domingo, it's like a redemption opportunity right here. Um, He missed time last year. He came in late, but he gets a chance to start as the fifth starter. I think he will be the guy. I think Clark Schmidt will be, you know, waiting in the wings, will be the first guy up when someone gets hurt. But I think it's going to be Domingo Herman to start. And I I hope it is just off of experience and what we've seen from Domingo. If we get good Domingo as our fifth starter, uh, it might be a blessing in disguise that we don't have to watch Frankie Montas pitch. Yeah, but I still think they should should go after, after the guy from the Reds. Captain the Red. Trevor yeah, Bauer? Yeah, when they were going at Luis Castillo. Castillo. <laughs> yeah, like, the Reds. Trevor Bauer won a Cy Young with the Reds, and a lot of people have been speaking his name. I say no to that. Do not go after Trevor Bauer. Of course they should have made the trade for Luis Castillo. But yeah, they, yeah, didn't, they didn't want to give up Volpe. They didn't want to give up Peraza or whoever it was that the Mariners were asking for. So Cashman, as he usually does, he pivots and he says, oh, I'm not going to get the top-of-the-line designer, uh, you know, the uh, elite stuff. I'm oh, gonna... why should he? Of course, right. Of course. Right. Why, why, why? When I can just give away, <laughs> I can give away young arms and, and get Lou Trevino and uh, uh, <laughs> Frankie Montas from the A's. And uh, that was an L of a trade, one of the worst trades in recent history, right next to the Donaldson IKF trade. But, hey, whatever. We got close. We were, we were four games away from the World Series. Hopefully, better, better this year. Let's get a little closer than four games away. Let's, let's not do? get swept. Let's not get swept by our arch rivals, a team that has owned us since 2017, really 2015. If you go back to that wild card game, I was in there for that. Yeah, she just they cheated. I don't deserve it. Yeah, they cheated, but they're pretty good at cheating and winning. And uh, they, <laughs> they they've got the Yankees number. They know how to pitch against the Yankees. They find ways to hit against the Yankees. They have owned the Yankees, and they have lost some of their best players over the year, uh, over the years, and the Yankees do not have any way to figure out the Houston Astros. I'd like to see it, though. Maybe maybe this will be the year. Maybe they'll take a step back without Verlander, but I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic on the baseball season being fun, but I'm not optimistic on the Yankees. I'm just not high on them uh, being this juggernaut or what Pakota says about them winning you know, 99 games and being the best team. I need to see it to believe it. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, we we got to see it to believe it. We need another win. It's been too long. Like you were talking about, Hal Steinbrenner was, what were you saying? He crossed he 50 40. since last time. Yeah, he's, he, he was 40 last time the Yankees won. And then he broke 50, and he's like, wait, it's been 10 years? Hold on. I, if I got to call Aaron Judge from Italy to keep him on this team, I will do it. And if we need to bring in Omar Minaya and, and Brian Sabian, yes, yeah, sign Carlos Rodon. We need to get back to a World Series. This guy, this guy is, is listening to people call Steve Cohen the new George Steinbrenner. That's George Steinbrenner's son. He understands he's got to get back to a World Series. He's watching his own time as the owner, as the uh, you know head honcho, pass without a World Series stint. His dad would be like, hey, what's going on? We got, we got to get back to the fall classic, son. Put all your chips in. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Thanks for the call, guys. We got to take a break here. Yankees fans, tap in with me. Tell me what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I'd rather not say I'm high on the Yankees. I'd rather not be talking World Series as much. If you remember my approach last year, I was a little frustrated that all of the Yankees, particularly IKF, IKF comes in here and he's talking about winning a title. I'm like, you shush, you be quiet. You're you're like, you're like new here. We don't even know what you're going to be here. Most of us didn't even want you. You weren't in our top four or five shortstop options. And, uh, you know, the Yankees fell short again, but... Their GM will tell you, hmm, weren't we close? Close ain't good enough, bro. You've been close plenty of years. This is a drought now. 877-337-6666. We have a mic and you have a phone. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Y'all know me, still the same OG, but I'm from OT. <laughs> Ocean Township. Monmouth County. Monmouth County, we did it, baby. We're in the big city. On the fan every night. 30 hours straight of airtime. What a blessing. This is two out of six, five-hour KM to AM shows. I don't like calling them the marathon because that means it's, like, long and grueling and exhausting, and it's not. It's not. This is fun. If you like sports, if you like WFAN, if you like the radio, if you like New York, if you like listening to calls and, you know, people calling in with their takes and thoughts and opinions and stories, like, this is entertainment. And it's radio, so you can be at work. Shout out to you if you're working right now. You could be driving somewhere, and you could be at home. You could be on the couch cracking a beer. You could be cleaning the house, doing whatever, and have us on in the background. Uh, Radio is forever. And whether you're listening on the radio or the free Odyssey app, I appreciate it. Whether you call in or don't call in, I appreciate it either way. Keith McPherson on the fan. We're going to get right back into it because you know what? Another break is always coming. These breaks haunt me. I have dreams at night where everything's going good and then I'm going to break. (laughs) Let's go down to Memphis, Tennessee. What's up, Paul? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. It's good to talk again. Um, this is a little bit out of left field, literally, um, because I've really been enjoying your conversations tonight about you know, the Jets, which was really intriguing with that conversation earlier, and uh, you know about our you know our, our New York Yankees. But I've been enthralled with this idea of this banana ball 
stuff. And I, you know, I got hooked into the ESPN Plus special that highlighted last season about the Savannah Bananas. I know that you have had experience with these guys and had merchandise, you know, about whatever. But tonight was opening day mm-hmm. of the Savannah Bananas 87 game new season. And I was watching it on my iPhone because I'm a New York Islanders fan and was watching my main game on my iPad. I wound up watching more of the Bananas game and was thoroughly entertained than the Islanders that actually won tonight, thank God. But, oh my God, this Bananas brand of baseball is fun, it's fast, and had me laughing out loud. I, I was enthralled with the rules that are awesome that, you know, I wanted to get your take on how their rules are speeding up the game, which is uh, like one of the rules is that at two hours, the game ends, no matter Mm -hmm. what the score is, right? Um, Talk about no clock in baseball. They have a running clock. (laughs) Yeah, 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 right? And and, and that that they've had retired Major League veterans that play tonight. Now, you know, the, the old building came out. Right, uh, which was great, but Rick and Kale actually played the game, mm-hmm. and then became in the ninth inning like a you know a commentator about the entire thing. Uh, so the quality level is about like a triple A, which is not bad, but it's broadcast free on YouTube. They had a sold out audience, and they've sold out all of their games for this for, for, for this season, which is about five hundred thousand uh, you know people butts and seats. But what was really cool was that I was watching the amount of people on YouTube, and there was an average of about 12,000 people, which is not great. It's not Super Bowl numbers, but it's getting people involved about taking a look at this season that I, I became mesmerized about how the banana rules, that they improve the experience. And I was wondering, with your opinion, are there things that banana ball can bring to major league baseball that I know the new rules are being put in place, uh, you know, from, you know, the 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 pressure on the pitchers now to have a pitch count, but why do major league batters not have the same rules in banana ball where you cannot leave the batter's box? I mean, it sped up the game and it was it was really game changing. I'd love to get your opinion on things like that. I'll take it from here because I could probably talk about this for the next hour, but I've only got three minutes. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Paul. So I've been paying attention. Uh, if you haven't heard me speak on Savannah Bananas, um, I first was introduced to Savannah Bananas through John Boy. Uh, Jimmy went down there during the pandemic, and you know he connected with them, and they sent us shirts. So you heard Paul reference the merch. I still have a Savannah Banana shirt that came from uh, the company Roosevelt, who had a deal with John Boy. And then I went on to do my MLB network show off base, and we had one of the players on, Jackson Olson, who I connected with. We both stay in touch on Instagram and uh, Twitter, social media. He was a guest on our show. He explained to us his journey from being an actual baseball player, like playing baseball in college, and then going to uh, join the Savannah Bananas. And today, they kicked off their season. And if you just look up Savannah Bananas, it's incredible. What they're doing is like Harlem Globetrotters, but for baseball. And I think that's underselling it. It's bigger than that. It's better than that. They have their own ballpark. They bring in former players. Like, they had a surprise player in Rick Ankeel tonight, and uh, it sold out. Like, the community down there loves it, and people are now becoming aware of it where people are making this a destination, right? Savannah is already a destination. Uh, It's a place in Georgia where you can go and you can drink with an open container freely and party, and uh, that vibe 
also translates into the baseball vibe. It's the Savannah Bananas versus the Party Animals. And tonight, the Savannah Bananas won. And uh, there were some walk-offs and some different things. And, you know, everything around their game is fun. They have props. They have different rules. If the ball is hit into uh, foul territory and a fan catches it, it's an out. I've seen them use flaming bats. I've seen them break into skits and dances. And uh, you just heard Paul say they, you know, they make sure that the hitters stay in the batter's box, and they also have a two-hour running clock. However many innings they play, it's two hours. It's never more than two hours, and that's why every seat is full and people are enjoying it because it's not so buttoned up, right? Major League Baseball is never going to take a page out of the Savannah Bananas book, and they shouldn't because they can't. But if you have an opportunity to look at the Savannah Bananas and see what they're doing for baseball, when they talk about make baseball cool again, make it fun, make it appealing, these guys have a leg up in that game. These guys down there know what they're doing. I can't wait to actually go see it live. I'm not interested in playing. Uh, maybe I'd play if they asked me to. But but like the guys that play are, are actual baseball players. Uh, I think Jake Peavy, I got to text Jake Peavy and ask him if he played. I think he was involved and he did go down there and, and play. I can't think of who else I remember seeing actually involved in playing down there, but it's cool, man. If you like baseball, if you like a new style of baseball, a new take on baseball, a fun style of baseball that breaks all the traditional rules of baseball, but not in the way that Rob Manfred is doing it, the Savannah Bananas are great. They played um, they played this game tonight in West Palm Beach, Florida, but they have their own, I guess they're going on a world tour, but they have their own ballpark in Savannah, Georgia, and they have former ball players show up from Major League Baseball and other guys like my guy Jackson Olsen who played, I think it's Stetson, um, and they end up playing for Savannah. And these guys, I'm telling you, they're rock stars, and uh, they've got a good idea and a good concept going. They've got 136,000 followers on Instagram or on Twitter. I just followed them on Twitter. I got to follow them on Instagram and just keep up with them because I think what they're doing is cool and uh, – no, I don't think Major League Baseball is going to do anything uh, like this. I don't think Major League Baseball will take a page out of their book, but that's fine. They've got their own brand of baseball and their own thing going on. 877-337-6666. We've got plenty of calls, but I'm taking plenty more. The last hour of these five-hour shows, I like to do open mic, uh, taking your calls on anything sports-related, obviously. Uh, if you've got a story to tell, man, I want Chris from Middletown to call because he was on hold yesterday, and I didn't get to him. But he unlocked a high school football memory of mine, and, and that's what he wanted to call about. Maybe he'll call tonight, and we'll get him on, and we can uh, have that story come through on air. Keith McPherson on the fan going into my last hour of this week, but I've got four or five-hour shows next week. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 1019 FM, The Fan in New York. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.